We don't want to leave the same way we came. We want to be different. God, we want you to speak to us so that we know we've been spoken to. In Jesus' name we do pray. People of God say, Amen. Amen. Before I get into this word, let me say this, uh, Pastor Williams. I didn't even realize that I was preaching tonight. I'm not, I, would, I didn't come all this way to preach. I came this way, all this way, because I live in Mechanicsville. I came this way because on yesterday afternoon, you promised me a to-go plate. <laughs> I'm going to get my to-go plate. <laughs> it was a little inside between us. Amen. <laughs> God is good. And tonight, I just want to talk about another touch. Another touch. I could have used this subject I can see clearly now. Because it took not one touch, but two. Amen. You know why that's so powerful? That's really powerful to speak to us in this season in 2023 because we live in a time and an age where everyone wants everything instantly. We're taught to name it and claim it, uh, tag it and grab it. And all of these things are instant. We want instant gratification. We want uh, God to move right now in this moment. And the funny thing about it, God can do that. Matter of fact, there's some debate. We, you know, it depends on how you define a miracle. So Mark is littered with them, where some would say it's between 18 and 23 or so miracles that happen in the book of Mark alone. As we know, that's the shortest book. Uh, that's the gospel. But catch this. This is probably the only miracle that was not instant, that didn't happen right away. So I'm speaking to some folk that, that if any of you are like me, this particular miracle probably falls more in line with what we experience. We experience asking God for something, but we don't get it right away. I think more people can identify with this miracle, this man in this text probably than any other because I know I've got some people under the sound of my voice. You've asked God for something and you're still waiting. Amen. So, so another touch. Another touch. We're going to speak on that. See, the problem again with society is we want everything fast, quick, and in a hurry. And my folk, now I've taught on this before, but I, I got to repeat it tonight because it, it makes perfect sense. Uh, 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 see, we, we live in a world now where we don't, and this might not even be the best analogy because we don't have as many people in 2023 that can cook <laughs> like they used to cook. But, but I'm going to use uh, that analogy for cooking. See, see, uh, back in the day, everybody used to have just an oven. And, 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 and in an oven, you have to preheat to get it ready. But then you also have to put your food in the oven. And normally it's going to take probably anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes. I don't care what it is. To, in order to heat it up, in order to cook it, in order to get it to where it is. But, but now we have microwaves. 
And anybody knows that a lot of things that you can buy at the store, they have the directions on how to use the oven and the microwave. Now, the oven would normally take 30 to 45 minutes to cook something, where it would say the microwave will cook the same item in about 15 minutes or less. How many of you know that if you microwave something, it don't have the same taste? It don't taste the same. If you don't believe me, just try it. Get you two boxes or whatever you're going to fix this week and fix one in the oven and fix one in the microwave. And I guarantee you nine times out of ten what you fix in the oven is going to taste better than what you microwave. See, there's something about a process. There's something about being uh, waiting. There's something about anticipation. There's something about uh, uh, going a little slower. There's something about you can't get everything you want when you want it. There's something about meaning that you've got to slow down sometimes. There's something uh, uh, about the buildup of waiting to do something right. Uh, You know, it's powerful here, and I'm just going to share this with you. It says, they came to Bethsaida. You know, that's powerful. The Bible is awesome, and I like the way that it's written. A lot of people in today's time, Pastor, like to bash how the Bible is written, and they talk bad about it. We touched on that yesterday. But see, I love right here that there's no names mentioned. Verse 22 begins off with they. You know what I like? That, that, that's the uh, anonymous ministry. The unnamed folk. If we were honest in here tonight, there's some folk that have poured into our lives that we cannot name. There's an anonymous they that saw something in this man that they wanted to get him to Jesus. I'm wondering tonight as we talk about revival and why we see empty seats in any church as depraved as America is in 2023, could it be because the they are not doing what they are supposed to do? Could it be that they are walking by the people that they are to to minister to? See, I'm going to tell them myself because I posted it early on social media. I was minding my own business in a grocery store. And I was focused on what I was doing and I was looking ahead and I was doing what I needed to do. And I was, you know how we get in, we're hurried, but we're focused. But in the, on the side of me, to my left side, in the back corner, I could hear some uh, lady saying with a soft voice, will you buy this for me? I'm hungry. I'm still looking ahead. I'm still focused on what I'm doing. Said it about two or three more times. I'm hungry. Will you buy this for me? We're in the middle of the grocery store. We're not outside. We're not at a corner. We're not on a median. We're inside of a grocery store. Food line to be exact. There's this lady hollering. I'm hungry. Will you buy this for me? Finally, I said, you know what? I went and talked to some people and I said is this lady a regular does she come in here all the time and they said we don't see this lady we don't know who she is we don't know her I said well you know what I went ahead and I'm not telling you this because see I don't like to always tell things that I do I'm telling you this for a reason I'm gonna go somewhere with this so I went and bought this lady what she had in her hand it was a bag of chicken it only cost $3.99 bought it a chicken she asked me would I like a piece I said, I declined. And then I left. I became the anonymous they. Uh-huh. 
She didn't know my name. She didn't care if she knew my name. This lady was hungry and asked me what I feed her. Do you understand this scripture that says I was hungry and you wouldn't feed See, I was so focused on what I was doing. I was about to miss the opportunity to minister. I wonder right now how many of you have missed the opportunity to minister to somebody either because you looked at somebody and didn't want to to be around them. You were too hurried, too in a rush doing what you do and you couldn't hear them saying, I'm hungry. Will you feed me? What difference does it make if you put tithes in? What difference does it make if you come to Bible study and come to church, but you won't feed somebody when they're hungry? It it don't matter what your title is. It doesn't matter what your position is. If somebody needs clothes and you won't give it to them. There's something wrong with us. And, 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 And the title of my post, when I talked about my experience, I titled it, I Almost Missed It. I almost missed it. Focused on what I was doing. Focused on life and work and the challenges that there was a voice behind me. I'm hungry. Will you feed me? Four dollars won't hurt me. But it surely blessed her. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering how many times have you failed to be the anonymous they? Because see what happens in 2023 when we get challenges like that or ministry opportunities like that. You know what the problem is? We don't like to remain anonymous. I I, 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 I personally know, I personally know and have seen a whole lot of ministers Mm. that go out looking for opportunities to go live on social media. Uh To say, look at me about to feed this person. We taking this person some soup. We taking this person some clothes. We just paid this person's rent. We just did this. And it's all about look at here, look at here, look at here. They don't want to remain anonymous. They want to do it to be seen. What does the Bible even say about being seen in public, being loud just to be heard in prayer? And, 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 and so I wonder if we miss what God wants us to do because we're not looking for the applause and the blessing of God. We're trying to get likes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let, let me see who, who can get the most likes. Let me see if what I'm about to do can go viral. You know what I, told, you know what I tell people all the time? If I'm hungry... I don't care nothing about you recording me. I don't care about your name. I'm like this lady. I'm hungry. Will you feed me? And there's something about the fact that we long for attention that we miss what God is saying to do. How often have you in your day Bypass people, been so hurried that you didn't even hold the door for the person behind you. You let it slap them right in the forehead. Because you were in such a hurry, you couldn't even hold the door. Shameful. 
You're so hurried that you can't even smile, say good morning, good evening, good afternoon to people as you pass them. Do you understand that, that some people don't want anything you have? They just want you to see them. Just to be seen. But we're in such a hurry because we got to do church. You know what I have found is wrong with doing church? Is that we get more upset in the church about somebody sitting in our seat than we do that there's an empty seat beside us. That's powerful, deep, and sad. How sad that is. That you get more upset that somebody is sitting where you sit on a weekly basis. That you have lost the compassion, the feeling, the gumption, or the nerve to bring somebody in here because they may sit too close to you. And may even sit in your seat. The anonymous they. Oh, God, I wish how we could just pray and have a true pouring out of God's spirit where we didn't get caught up in titles and names anymore. And we could just do ministry. You know, somebody said it a long time ago, and I'm going to repeat it. They said what's sad is if that we called in Bishop T.D. Jakes, the whole church would be full just because we said his name. But there was a time and a day that we would fill the church just to have prayer meeting. We wouldn't even do no preaching. They just have prayer meeting. One would pray. When that prayer would end, another would pray. And then that would end and another would pray. You try something like that now. You might get four or five folk. But it was the anonymous they. And this is what's so awesome right here. It says they brought a blind man to him. And they begged him, the him is Jesus, to touch him. This is where it gets powerful. He took the blind man by the hand and brought him out of the village. You know, we, 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 we can imply some things. The text doesn't say this, but you know, we can imply some things. And this is what we can imply. We can imply that the blind man needed somebody to take him from a village because he couldn't see what was really going on. And when they led him from the village and took him to Jesus and they begged Jesus to heal him Jesus didn't heal him right away do you understand see, see this is where I'm going to test your theology do you understand that, that, that Jesus has the prerogative not to do what you ask when you ask you can't hurry God you can't force him to do anything all you can do is make a request. And God has the authority to say no. That's when we get upset. See, we get upset when God doesn't do what we ask him to do when we ask him to do it. They brought him and said, God, touch him. They wanted him to heal him because he was blind. Jesus grabs him by the hand and walks away from the village. You know what else we can imply? We can imply that Jesus needed to take this man away from them. Oh, that's powerful. Because see, you got caught up in the fact that maybe they were taking Jesus uh, to get healed. But then Jesus, in all of his understanding and, 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 and all-knowing, can look through the situation. And sometimes he can understand that the people who you've been surrounded by the most, maybe even the person who even brought you to church... 
ain't really trying to get you close to God. As a matter of fact, I'm going to say this. I know some folk right now that's in relationships. They go to church all the time. And heart ain't even close to God. <laughs> see, 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 we miss that. We, we, we get happy and excited when we see people sitting in church. When we see them sitting in the pews. Because we just want to be so glad and we so happy that we're getting ready to get some new members. And sometimes we fail to realize, where's their heart? Where's their heart? Why are they here? Do you understand that some people will come into church just to disrupt? Yeah, yeah, because we said revival, so we got to go there. Do you know that some people will come into your church just to join? Because church is one of the few places that you don't have to have credentials, you don't have to have understanding, you, and you can get appointed to be a chairperson. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're getting quiet. Yeah, you, you don't even know what you're doing, but you're the head of it. Yeah. You bouncing checks left and right, and you the head of you the head of the financial committee because because they couldn't find nobody else to do it. That's true. That happens. Yeah, that that happens because it's a place where we've gotten to the point where we want to act so churchy that we fail to understand that you still got to bring something to the table. You got you got to have something that you bring to the table in order to do some of the things that is required in the house of God. And so Jesus led him away from the very people who brought him. And I'm wondering why he did that. And I think about it sometimes is that sometimes people will bring you to church, but God got to deliver you from them. (laughs) Oh, man, that's deep. Is there some folk in here right now that you got in your circle that you need to get delivered from? You, you didn't, you, because you, you act differently around them. You do stuff that you say you stop doing when you get around them. Some, some, some of y'all are real saved and real holy, but whenever you go back home to that family reunion and you get near that certain cousin, something just comes out of you that, 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 that you thought had, had, God had delivered you from, but you get around that right person. And then you find yourself saying and doing things that you thought you had been delivered. And so Jesus just pulled him away. So I got to take him away. And, and let me share this too, because this will be a good point. You can write this one down. Is that sometimes God has to minister to you privately. Yeah, God has to minister to you privately. See, we, see, see, this is, I hate to say this, but I remember, and, and sometimes I'd be a little judgmental, maybe in my, in my humanity. But I never forget I was at a, a conference. It was huge. Tens of thousands of people. And, 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 and everybody was sitting there. And then the particular pastor said, uh, I think he said something like anybody want to get saved or something like that. And hardly anybody moved. Maybe two or three people moved. Got all these tens of thousands. And, and, and this is where I said, yeah, I'm human. I, you know, this is why I got a little judgmental. But then he said something like this. The next 50 of you. Or something that, that come down, you're gonna get my book. <laughs> for something, you know, for coming down. And you accept, I mean, then like five, six hundred people just started coming down because they wanted to get this book and all this stuff and everything like that. And I, I just said to myself, I think we miss the mark sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes we sometimes we, we get caught up in just the, the numbers game. Yeah. So we can go back and say, oh, 80 folk got saved tonight. 80 folk came up tonight 
And we, and we throw around these numbers like we didn't really did something. And sometimes it's just the same recycling of folk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then the same folk that was with you last night at the revival. Mm-hmm. And then they came up again the next night. Mm-hmm. But you're using them in the number. There's something wrong with that. Because then we're not doing it for the right reason. And so sometimes God has to minister to you privately. That means that sometimes you've got to steal away from all the stuff that you're doing. And steal away and get quiet. You know, one of the things that they do when they talk about spiritual formation is they have these classes where you go to on the weekend. And this is where many people probably would fail because they'll set aside a few hours where you have to not speak to anyone. They take away all electronics, including your phone. And you have to be in silence and it'd be nothing but you and God. See, right there, some of you right there will be, will be trying to take a long walk off a short bridge. <laughs> because, because we're so connected to stuff and things that we, and you know how I know this? Because 25, 30 years ago, let's paint this picture. When you went to the doctor's office, do you know what you would do while you were waiting on the doctor? You would sit there or either have a little a newspaper or a magazine. Mm-hmm. That's it. I don't care if you waited 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, hour, however long you had to wait. That's all you had. Now when you go to the doctor's office, they got the TV on, or they got music on, or people got the cell phone in their hand. And they're doing something the whole time. Because very few people can sit still for 15 minutes in perfect silence. So imagine as I give you this homework assignment, homework assignment tonight, to go spend 20 minutes in perfect silence with no TV, no don't even have a phone in arm's reach. Make sure it's like way in the kitchen and you in the back. And everything off. And see how many times you open your eyes or look at your watch or look at the clock because you just cannot sit there for 20 minutes and be in prayer. And say, God, and, 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 and begin to just say, God, give me what I need and not what I want. Teach me what I need. I want you to try that. And if, and if you don't get a chance to tell me if you were able to do it, tell your, tell your pastor. And be honest. Say, I did it. It was a. I did it. It was a struggle. Or either tell them I, I, I failed. It was. But I, I sat there and I thought it was twenty minutes, but I looked at the clock and it went but three. <laughs> I don't know about you. I had a job like that one time. I had a job like that. It was so boring. I, I was looking at my watch every three, four minutes. I mean, you get there at eight o'clock and you don't get off till like four or something like that. And I mean, by nine o'clock, you done looked at the watch like six times. <laughs> And you like trying to figure out when lunch. And, and, but that's when something is boring and, and that time is going slow. But I'm challenging you to do that because I believe God has to minister to us uh, uh, privately. And I'll go so far on the limb to say this. If you don't allow God to minister to you privately, you shouldn't serve publicly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because God can't minister to you. How can you minister to somebody? 
See, that's the problem with many of us. We just want to show up. We, we just want to show up. And, and see, this whole lesson here is not about the miracle. Don't miss this. This is not about the miracle. This is about the process of getting to the miracle. Matter of fact, the process is probably the miracle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because what you may not know is that the city that this man was leaving, Jesus had already cursed it because they didn't have enough faith. So he had to be led further away from some people who had little faith. And so what, what, what this lesson is demonstrating to us is that sometimes we're connected to a place that will keep us from our destiny of where we need to go, that we've got to de get delivered from it. So you better start saying that thing. God deliver me from people, places, and things that don't mean me no good. Lead me by the hand if you need to. Take me away from it. Uh, uh, get me further away from the city, from the place, from the people who are keeping me from where you want me to be because until I get away from it, I'm not going to be able to see. Oh, this is powerful. But then he said, he asked him, he said, do you see anything? God did his eyes a little funny. He said, I, I see something, but it ain't that clear. See, this is where we get angry with God. And I wish we'd be honest that sometimes this Christian journey is frustrating. I don't know where this concept came from. People say you're not supposed to question God. <laughs> People always say, God, I can't question you. If this, this, if this, this, I don't know what I'm going through or whatever, but I bet not ask you no questions. Now, that sounds crazy to me because if I'm lost and I'm going in a circle and I think God is leading me, I'm going to stop and say, God, why you got me walking around, going around in a circle like this? Get me out of this mess. Something ain't right. Why are we, I, 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 I'm confused with why we think we can't ask God questions. When there's so much in life we don't understand. Maybe that's why we keep on feeling around in the dark. Because we won't ask God where's the light. But God pulled him from a city that he had already rebuked. But he said, do you see anything? And he was honest. And he said, I, 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 I'm something flickering. I can see a little something, but I'm not there yet. And the text says, and Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes. And the man looked intently and his sight was restored. That's because the process required another touch. Who am I talking to? I'm talking to some folk that's been praying a mighty long time. And God began the process, but you got frustrated along the way. And then when you could not clearly see, you got frustrated and ran around and told everybody that church hurt has caused you not to go back to church. And you're going to give up on God because God didn't answer your prayer. But the whole time, God has got his hand on your eyes and asking you, can you see? But you done got frustrated with everything that you know and you understand and you're beginning to get back into the world and beginning to look back at, at the place that God has taken you from. And you're getting frustrated with the process. 
And God is saying, but can you see? And there will be times in our life, even though we've been saved and we've been delivered and got our hand in God's hand, that we get frustrated with the process and we can't see clearly. And God is still standing there and saying, wait a minute, don't go too far. All you need is for me to touch you one more time. And if I touch you again, everything's going to be all right. But see, in our frustration, in our hurriedness, we get further from the place God has taken us and we love to go back to what's been familiar. This is, this is why I told you I do a lot of relational teaching. This is why people who get into abusive relationships, they leave one abusive relationship and go back into another one because that's what's familiar. And the whole time you're saying, child, what's wrong with you? That's not right. That's stupid. Why are you doing that? It's because that's what they know. They have not allowed God to give them a second touch. Because everything doesn't happen on the first time. And so God touched them again. Watch this. This thing is, 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 is powerful. And so it took this second touch. But then this is what's, what's so important. After he could see. And this is what a lot of us don't like. He said. Don't go back. Don't go back. I know it's familiar to you. I know everything you love and everything that you've done up until this point. Your whole life is in that place. But I don't want you to go back. It's not going to be easy. It might take you a long time. You might get frustrated. You might even might even get upset with me. But if you want to continue to see, don't go back. Boy, I believe there's a few people here who needed to hear that tonight. Man, you didn't got frustrated because you think what's a, you you think what's behind you is better than what's in front of you. God is trying to tell you you ain't seen nothing yet. I, I, I encourage you to trust the process, but you're getting a little frustrated because things ain't happening fast enough. I'm telling you just to hang on in there just a little while longer. Old folk used to keep on saying, you still yet holding on? And you post, I'm still yet holding on. You got to keep the faith and keep on trusting in God because God has never failed you yet. I don't care how familiar something is that when God wants you to do something greater and better, you've got to trust him to take you there. And you might not understand it because we get caught up in antics and things like that. We get caught up in charisma, but some of our best preachers don't hoop and holler. But we miss it because that's what we long for. We miss a word. And so God is trying to teach us in this season and in this hour. Leave what God has cursed. Think about that tonight when you take it at 20 minutes. When you take it at 20 minutes to be silent. Say, God, what is it that I'm doing in my life that you've told me to leave alone? See, and if you say there's nothing. I know you're telling one because the Bible says that there's a weight that so easily besets us. And I understand that all of our weights may not look the same, but all of us got one. All of us got something that if it gets close enough to you, if you're around it just a little too long, 
It might take you uh, further than you want to go and keep you longer than you want to stay. That's why the Bible says uh, resist the appearance of evil. Because you get around this certain thing that you know get a hold on you, then you go. You know, you know, we we were just at a, a concert not too uh, uh, last week with the OJ's. They, they, they're on their final lap. Uh, 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 anybody know the OJ's? They got their they got their one song. So she got she got her hooks in you. One of my all time favorite songs. But it's something powerful about that song because what it is saying is that 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 even when you try to leave and they got their hooks. In you, you're gonna keep on coming back. And so many of us get in places where we're mistreated, we're abused, we, we, we don't get what we're supposed to get, but we can't leave because we don't have strength enough to trust God. We trust the situation more than we trust God. And we've got to understand that in the process, sometimes you got to just wait on God. And see, when I tell folks, so, sometimes, sometimes, uh, 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 it's not about a shout. It's not about a worship. It's not about a praise. It's about God say something to me that will marinate and fall on me. That I will have a closer walk with you. And so can you imagine what's not even said in this text? Because we understand that everything that happened was not written. I wish I could have been a fly on the wall as Jesus was leading that man away. I bet you they had a conversation. As Jesus was pulling him away, probably whispering in his ears, just trust me. I know you can't see where you're going, but I got your hand. I think somebody in here needs to hear that tonight. I know you can't see your way through. You're going through a situation and doctors done told you something and you done got frustrated. Matter of fact, you you got more bills than you got money, but just trust me. I'm going to lead you somewhere. Hold on to my hand. I'm going to lead you somewhere. I'm going to take you where you need to go. Matter of fact, you might have to lose some stuff. But trust me where I'm taking you. Where I'm taking you is where you need to be. So trust me in this process. And until you can see clearly, don't let go of my hand. Because if you hold on long enough, I'm going to touch you again. And the thing that you didn't understand, you're going to be able to understand. Because you trust me through the process. I just came to talk to you tonight about another touch. Let us stand. Amen.